Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. I'll share this real quick before we get into the testimony, but you know, we at our church, we always tell the, the people, that's one thing that I always tell them, to be good students of the Word and what's being ministered. And recently, um, and why it's important, we had a back row. Now, this is nothing against anyone that's sitting in the back row, but at our church, we had a back row. And you guys have heard my, minister, my mom minister, and so there's nothing wrong with her ministering. But they like to talk the whole service. And um, so they would talk the whole service. And this has been going on for years. And there was four people. One was a couple and two other individuals. And they sat together. They were all friends. And they never paid attention. So I would say maybe 10, 15 years passed. One's dead. Other almost died. And the other one's divorced. And this all happened within a year. And my mom said, you know, she said they weren't good students. And she said they weren't paying attention because when the things, the trials of life came, they didn't hear the word. They didn't have their answer because they weren't listening. And so it makes a difference. You know, we called it death row. And because (laughs) that's what we call that row at our church, death row. And uh, I'm talking about divorce. I'm talking about like the couple left and and it was just a mess. And the one lady, she's doing better now, but she almost died a few times. And the one did die of a brain tumor. And so um, it matters if you listen. It doesn't matter. It's good to come. You need to be in the church. But if you're just hearing, checking the box and leaving, even in word and spirit churches, it does you no good. And so when those things come, you don't have your answer. You're You're searching for the answer. You're trying to scrounge up something and there's nothing there. And so it makes a difference. It's, you know, it's important. And so uh, I want to just encourage you. That's what we encourage our people in our church to be a good student of the word. When those trials come, it's like the test at school. You can tell who those have been studying. Those have been studying, not a problem. Those that haven't been, they have panic, right? They're panic on their face. And so we're going to be good students today. Amen. Amen. So we're excited about what God's going to do today. Amen. Amen. And uh, let's, got your Bibles, let's turn to Romans 12. Amen. 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 So we're going to turn to Romans 12. And so my husband and I are going to be sharing our um, our uh, personal financial testimony, but there's a little bit stuff sprinkled in there, not just about finances. It is about finances. It is about increase, but there's other nuggets. And, um, you know, I will say this, if you don't have a financial need today, you will at some point in your life. God calls us to do things, whether it's to sow into a church project, whether it's you personally, God is going to call you to do something that's going to require finances that you don't have, that it's going to be a stretch, right? And uh, he is our source. And so he's going to call you, you know, you want to grow your faith. And so he's going to call you to do some things. So we need to, to know about that. So Romans 12, and let's go to verse 2. And uh, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I'm going to focus on my testimony today is about renewing your mind to the word. Amen. And I like what Pastor Nancy says. If there's things, she says it very well. If there's been things that you have been taught growing up, or you may have been taught in another church, or you may just thunk up yourself, and the word of God says something different, put that aside. And so it's important that we put, lay those things aside And how we lay that aside is by the renewing of our mind. And so, and um, our, my personal testimony starts in 2011. So I'm going to take you back 11 years. We're going to, we're not going to be here all day. Don't worry. It won't take us all a long time to get through 11 years. But in 2011, um, I, you know, that, so finances was a struggle for myself. Um, some people, you know, it's health they've been attacked in. Satan's attacked people in other areas, but mine was finances. And I was single at the time. I was living at home. And people laugh. You know, they talk about how people were 30 years old still living in their parents' basement. That was me. That was me. I was the basement dweller. And, uh, and that wasn't because I wanted to be the basement dweller. My parents were delightful. Um, but it was because I had went, you know, I had went to ORU and Oral Roberts University. It's a private Christian school. Um, I worked for a not-for-profit. And so the money just was not there to live on my own. And so one, you know, I, you know, there's some things that you will put up with for a while. And you get too tired one day and you say, this is enough. 
And I had been taught faith by my parents in our church, so I understood how to believe. But I thought, I'm just not hitting it somewhere. Somewhere is not hitting it. And, you know, if you don't have success, it's not on God's end. It's on our end. And so I felt, I'm missing it somewhere. And so in 2011, Pastor Nancy was at a a local church, and we went to her meeting. And she preached on faith and speaking and believing. And the message she preached, the, she gave an analogy of like kicking a rock. So you know if you've ever been outside playing as a kid and you kick a rock and it rolls for so long, right? And then you have to kick it again and it'll roll a little longer. And so what I realized when she was saying that, the Holy Spirit began dealing with me that I, and for finances, I would speak it out initially. I would speak the word, speak what I was wanting, and then I would just lay it aside, I was not continuing to speak the word to that. I was not beginning continuing. I would just stop. And so I had no stick with it. And so I thought, that's, that's where I'm missing it. So beginning in 2012, I thought, I've, I've had enough. And I, you know, this is me. I'm not saying this is what other people have to feel like. But for me, I thought the word of God says that he's no respecter of persons. And he has a full supply. He says that he's our supply. But my life is not exhibiting that. And so I thought either I need to start acting like God's word is true, or, you know, that's what I need to start acting like. And so I uh, had enough. And so in 2012, um, our church each year, they get, our pastor gives us cards, that, uh, things that you're supposed to believe for for that year. And she'll put a couple of things where God's directed to believe for that year. And then you can put personal things you want to believe for in that card. And then in the month of January, we all fast one day as a church body, and we're believing for that. And then throughout the year, you can continue to believe for that. And so I put two things in my card in 2012, a husband and finances. And so, you know, one of the things that I have learned is that people, you know, when you are believing for something and you're speaking it out, people will say, well, like it's a formula. How, many, how often do you say it? How much do you say it? Well, there's not a formula, but I will say this, however much you want to see it, that's how much you ought to say it right? The more you want to see it, the more you say it. And so, um, and so I, like I said, I realized that my mind was not renewed to finances. I had lived below for so long that it became a, a way of life, a flow of life for me. And so I realized that, and I didn't believe that I knew, let me put it this way. I knew that God was my supply. I did not believe that God was my supply because of the way I acted. And so I had to renew my mind and get, get these, all these things together, right? And so I, 2012, I began, I took six months. Why six months? Because that's when it started clicking. And I took six months. I, at that time, I was uh, working out, and I would get up in the mornings. I had my scriptures on my card, and I began speaking for my husband, and I began speaking for my finances. And I want to tell you, when you don't yet have your mind renewed and you don't have that revelation of something yet, it is dry. And so when I was speaking the word, I was like, ah, yes, he is my supply. You know, there wasn't a lot of oomph in it. There wasn't a lot of, you know, and uh, there wasn't a lot of believing in it. But I kept at it. I kept at it, and I kept at it, and I kept at it. I would say it all day, every day, because I thought, I've got to break this. There's something here i got to break. And it took six months, and I was getting ready one day, and it was kind of like what Kenneth Hagin would say. He said when he um, began working in, in the, prof- the prophetic office, it, you know, he walked into the prophetic office. He said it was like a cloak that came on him. And it was six months, and one day when I was speaking the word about God being my supply and having this, him be my source— all of a sudden, it was like a little dime went into like a vending machine. Click. And I had it. But I knew then that that was broke. And I will tell you from that point on, in, you know, in 10 years, I don't want to say I've never had anything I had to believe God for because that's absolutely true. That's, but I'm saying it's not a struggle. I don't think about poverty. I don't think in those ways because I took that six months and renewed my mind and it was broke. Amen. And it was broke. And also at that same time, my husband came along in uh, May of 2012. And uh, we kind of teased him. We we're like, where were you at all this time? You know, uh, Pastor Mark had given me a word about my husband in 2006. So I had believed God intermittently for six years, but then six months of really focusing. And so um, just for me, uh, just because of the way I, I am, I, uh, like I get, I was still in my parents' basement. I, um, so I believe God. I finally got the revelation that God is my supply. God is my source. But my checkbook still doesn't say that. 
And I had put on my card, I was, at that time, I was making $11 an hour. So I wrote on here, I figured this up. My salary was $22,880. And I put on my card that I wanted to believe for $18 an hour. And so um, I had started looking out around for other jobs. And because I had really had went to the level that I could at my, at my job. I was a director at that time. And I knew that besides being the executive director, he was not retiring. I really hit my threshold of where I could, you know, excel. And so I started looking and they got caught wind of it. And they said, okay, we'll bump you up to $15 an hour. And so it was $31,200. And I thought, I was excited. But I said, God, that's not really exactly what I've been believing for. And I said, I'm, I'm thankful, but that's not quite what I believe for. You know, where, what is this going to look like? And so what I started doing, God didn't tell me to do this. I just did it as an act of faith. I figured up what my tithe would be. If I had made $18 an hour, what would my tithe be? And I started giving at that level as an act of faith. Because I'm giving this as if, you know, someone said, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, you can't afford not to do that. And so I started doing that and made the changes that I need to. And so that was in, like I said, 2012, 2013. And I also meditated on, let's go back to 1 John 5. And this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Word, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, so it's according to his will, what his will is for us, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And so I have marked my Bible, hearing equals half. And so I knew that when I was asking of him, he heard me, and then I knew that I had it. And so I began claiming that. And um, Cam and I got married in um, April of 2013, and uh, I'll let him kind of talk a little bit about that. But in August of 2014, we went to our next home, and um, we were able to buy the home. Um, I'll let my husband talk a little bit about that. But again, I'm still just making um, $15 an hour, and I've been believing now for a couple of years for more. And he said, you know, Jessica, why don't you talk to, there's some people that we knew and they work for the government and they're, you know, she, I think makes good money and, you know, we might just talk to them. And so I did and the government wasn't hiring, but a contractor was. And so I applied for it, just stepped out in faith and uh, I got the position. And so at this time I'm only making, like I said, my salary year was $31,200 and they, I said, they're like, well, what are you asking? And I'm like, uh, 38. I said, that's too much. Just let me know. I have no idea. You know, I, I don't know. And the recruiter chuckles and he was like, um, he was, this is one of my favorite parts of the job. He's like, your new salary is going to be $54,000. And so I was like, what? You know? And, um, so it was, you know, 54,000, I think ended up being like $27 an hour. So it was above and beyond what, what I had been believing for. And it was an automatic $23,000 in salary. And what I love about that is that we had bought that home before, like I said, two months earlier, but God is smart because he got us in that home. We didn't base our home off the budget. You know, like we didn't have that increase yet. So we got the home and then two months later, we got the increase. So we had all that surplus. And uh, so we, God, I, thought, I praise God for doing that. Um, and then, you know, in 2015, because of that, we were able, I was able to buy a different vehicle. My other vehicle was 15 years old and I had taken care of it, but I needed something different. So God blessed us with a vehicle. I'm still driving it and it's had no issues and I'm thankful for that. And so we were going good. Um, we had a new home. We, um, you know, I had a great job. I was increasing for my job. Um, our, our, you know, we were able to build up savings and there were, things were going great. And I'm like thankful to God. And and um, in 2016, 2017, um, there were some issues that had come up, um, and we ended up having to go to court. And we ended up, Cam and I ended up having to hire lawyers, and um, don't get the wrong idea, there was nothing illegal or anything like that, and it was nothing criminal. And, um, but unfortunately, to no fault of our own, um, we had, to, like I said, we had a lawyer and we had thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in lawyer fees. Um, you know, good lawyers are not cheap. And so we had to, to hire that. We had to go through that. And it ended up coming out okay, but it took everything that we had had saved up 
and then added a lot on credit card because we had not, that's not something you plan to pay for lawyer fees and credit. And this had went on for about probably about almost two years, maybe. So two years of lawyer costs adds up. And during that time, um, the, the two years, I will say this, you know, and I'm not being dramatic. I can be dramatic, but this is not a dramatic moment. It was like as if hell on earth had been released. And I had never experienced that kind of um, evil and, uh, you know, just nonsense. And I had never experienced that. And it was, we experienced some other stuff during that time. And I did not realize that I had gone into some bitterness. I had got bitterness towards that person because they had caused these court costs and this debt that we, you know, we were, besides our mortgage, I think we were out of debt pretty much. And so we all of a sudden, we got debt racked up again. And I'm, I was bitter because I'm like, God, we've believed you. We've got to this point. Things are going great. And bam, it was like, and I, you know, I didn't realize for a while that I had gone into bitterness. And I, uh, you know, one day I, I think it, 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 I realized that, and I listened to Pastor Nancy, and she was talking about how, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, people have those, used to wear those, um, oh, those wallets, like bikers will wear them. There's like a little chain, right? It'll connect to their pockets. And she was talking about how the, you know, your pocketbook is connected to your heart. And if you're getting into strife, that'll stop up the flow of finances in your life. And I thought, ooh, yeah, that's me. I've done that. And I repented, and God helped me through that. And I don't remember the exact time frame after that. This was really neat. I looked, and Cam and I had been buying and selling land. So we had a significant amount of money flowing in and out of our banking account. Um, but this was after land had been, sold, had been sold, and we had paid things. And so we should have not had an extra amount of money. And I looked at our bank statement one day, and I said, Cam, there's a significant amount of money in our bank account. And he said, well, Jessica, did you forget? You know, because we had paid his parents. We had, um, they had went in half on some things that we had done, some business stuff, and we had paid them. And he said, well, did you forget? Did you not take it out? And you have to realize, because we had been in so much poverty, I am a penny. Like, I know where every penny has been. And I said, Cam, really? I know where the pennies go. You know, like, this, no, no, I did not make a mistake here. And, uh, and, you know, we went to the bank and they're like, nope, that's right. And it was the amount that, it was the same amount that all those lawyer costs are those two years. It was the same amount that had been deposited into our bank account. And we have no idea where it came from. It was supernatural. And so that was amazing. I, I, I thought, oh, thank you, God. And um, I was driving one from home from work one day. And I remember it very clearly. And I'm just driving. I'm not even thinking about that. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, had you not forgiven that person, I could not have brought that money to you. And so I was so thankful to God because I wanted to impart that today that, you know, he would probably would have provided it sooner, but I had to get over that strife and that bitterness. He can't function in that. That is not of God. And, but once I did, he was able to bless us. And so, you know, strife doesn't pay, you know, there's been, I'm sure with family or work, coworkers, that is, you know, there's always opportunity for strife. There's always opportunity to have disagreements, but you got to say, do I have enough money to pay for this? Because it will cost you. And so I, you know, that's one thing we had, you know, during that time prior to that situation and the money coming in, you know, we had been personally attacked by family members and, you know, I had to learn that. I had to learn that bitterness and strife doesn't pay. You know, you guys have heard the story from my mom that um, she had got rheumatoid arthritis at a young age because she had gotten to bitterness towards a family member and it caused an incurable disease to come upon her. Now God and his sovereignness had healed her. And when she got born again, all that was taken away. But you know, disease is tied to strife. Finance is poverty. Is it is is a, it's you know it's a strife. It causes by strife too, and so we, you know we won't want to have that. And um, I was so thankful. And then in, um, in 2020, um, I had um, got a new job. I had been the job the company that I've been with for about six years, and uh, we had Cannon at that time. He was three years old. I had to, to travel a lot, and I thought this is not what I want, and so. God brought up another opportunity. And with that new opportunity came a 17% increase in salary. And so I want to let you guys know that. So in 2012, I went from making from $22,000 to a 2022 
or yeah, 2022, making $100,000. And so, you know, a 5%, almost, you know, or five times increase in salary within 10 years because simply trusting God at his word and keeping my heart clean, right? And that was the big thing is keeping my heart clean. And, you know, God has called us, and my husband's going to get into that. Pastor Mark's given us a word about being financial distributors of the gospel and, and, you know, funding the gospel. So God has supernaturally blessed us. But I throw those numbers out not to um, exhort, you know, to exalt us, but to exalt what God can do. Amen. And, you know, we are not, I mean, we're not dum-dums, but we're not geniuses. Um, you know, we have, uh, it, it's been because of God. It's not been because of anything else. Now, we had to be good students of that. We had to find out, we had to renew our minds. We had to apply the word. We had to stick with the word. We had to watch the, you know, and we had to watch strife and keep in peace. But God was able to give the increase. Amen. Amen. And, you know, one last thing, too, before I let my husband come up, I want to, um, I, it was interesting, Pastor Mark had mentioned about, the, you know, having an, an increase today and spirit of increase being released. Um, in 2021 at our church, we had a Wednesday night service. And Kim and I have, now this is our third home. And um, uh, I will say this, you know, Cam and I have increased from home to home and, you know, we want to continue to have faith projects that involve finances because you'll get lazy if you don't have a faith project. Growing up, my mom always had projects and I despised them as an adult. I was like, why do we always have to have a project? But as I got a little older and a little bit wiser, mama was right. And she's probably watching and she's probably like, yes, I am. And... Um, um, but it's good because your faith gets lazy. It's kind of like working out. If you don't work out your body, you can get lazy, right? You can get stiff, and then you try to get back into it. It's a little bit harder. And so we always have to have faith projects. And so my husband and I, you know, we don't, we, yes, we do minister, but we don't have a church. We just have our home. So we have believed God things for things in our home to keep our faith up, to keep believing God for finances, to keep that practice in place. And so we bought our home and uh, we needed, it looked like a big bird on the outside. It's a big bird yellow. And um, we moved in within two days of moving into our home. We started having water leaks. And then within a few months, it had some of the leaks. And so we um, decided to do a renovation. And um, our, uh, we started to renovate. We renovated in 2021. Is that correct? Yeah, 2021. Yes. And the process started in 19 or 20. Uh, but you guys remember when COVID hit. We all remember COVID, right? And supply chain became an issue. So we had, um, we had our quote. We had went to the bank. And my contractor comes back and says, that's not going to cover it. And I was like, we've hit our threshold with our bank. You know, this, we the things that we want to do with our home and it wasn't you know a crazy amount but it, because of the size of the home and some of the things that had to be done um it ended up being like a six-figure renovation and um so we're like oh my gosh so we you know the bank was like nope no more money for you and I'm like how are we going to finish this and so I'm like okay god like I need we need the money we need this money quickly because we're going to start soon and, and again COVID increased the prices of everything so it went up significantly and so I was believing God for it. And I thought, I don't know how it's going to work, but we need it to work. And we were at a Wednesday night service, and we were worship it was during worship. And um, I don't even remember the song, but we were worshiping. And um, you guys, people that have seen our church, it's kind of like it's, if you had like a wall here. And she goes, I seen that my keyboard was over here. And she goes, I seen Jesus walk through the wall. And he came to, just to check. She goes, he came to check out and see what we were doing just to hang out with us to see we're worshiping him. And it was interesting. I'd not had this experience before, but he began, he spoke things to different people and it was all different things. And so he spoke to me and this is something I thought was really neat because knowing, knowing that God's called us to fund the gospel, knowing uh, the things that he had for us, he said, he told me, because I, I was referring to the things that I needed for our home and the money that I needed. He goes, there's an anointing here for that. You know, and I put in here Isaiah 10, 27, it says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing, right? And a lot of times people just think about that with healing or deliverance, but finances also, there can be a yoke in your finances and the anointing can be there to destroy the yoke. And so he, that's what he was, and he referenced that scripture to me. And within a short amount of time, 
everything we needed to come in came in. And during COVID, when people couldn't find paint, we found paint. When people couldn't find flooring, we had flooring. When people couldn't find appliances, he was, we found appliances. Uh, toilets, to there was a short supply of toilets. I don't know what everyone was doing with the toilets, but there was a short supply. <laughs> but uh, we, they found toilets in a warehouse for us. And all the money to come in above and beyond what the bank said we couldn't have, it all came in. And so, there, you know, I wanted to leave you guys with that before my husband comes up, that, you know, a couple of things that I attribute to some of our, um, what God has done for us is we, you know, we renewed our mind, both of us. Um, I started before because Cam and I got after, um, you know, we were, we ought, we were, and we are, and we are good, um, people to help our, sir, our church and our pastor. You know, if you take care of the house of God, he'll take care of your house. And so you can't do one or the other. I like the widow woman in the Old Testament when she comes to the prophet and she says, my husband faithfully served you. And she was, you know, she was about ready. The debtors were coming. They were going to come take her sons. And she says, my husband has faithfully served you. Right? And she reminded the prophet and God of how her husband had served. And we know the story that, right, all their debts were taken care of and she had some left over. We know the Shunammite woman, right? Right? She got the son that she wanted, right? Because the prophet, because she served the man of God. And then after that happened, you know, when her son passed away, he raised him from the dead. Amen? And it's because of the service to God. So the, those things cannot be separated from finances. Um, Give on what you want to see. You want to see increase? Give that amount. Like I mentioned earlier today, have a faith project that involves finances. And lastly, give God the glory. Amen. It is absolutely, you know, when you, um, that was one of the things that um, when Pastor Mark gave us that word about being, um, it was at Bedford, he was preaching at Bedford, and it was, it was things that were in our heart, and when he spoke it out, it was like, that's what's been in our heart. But that was one of the things that it said, all these things will happen if you continue to give God the glory. So don't ever say that it's because I did this or I'm a great at investments or I'm this or that. No, it's God who gives the increase. Amen. And I like what Pastor Mark said that, you know, the blessing of the Lord makes, makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen. There's a lot of rich people out there who've had some sorrow, right? Whether it's relationships, children, disease, but the blessing of the Lord makes, he doesn't bring any sorrow with it. Amen. Amen. So we're thankful for that. And he's going to tell the rest of the story. There's, there's always two sides to every story, right? So he's got the other side. I believe I'm on. Am I on? I'm on. All right. Amen. Well, we could go with amen on that and, and be done. My wife is uh, really anointed to preach the word like her mother. Um, uh, just an amazing family to be hooked up with, you know. Uh, what I wanted to talk about, mine starts with my God's provision. I want to go to Psalm 4610. Amen. Amen. Mine's a little different setup. Uh, I hadn't been born again, and I hadn't been raised in Faithfield Church where my wife had. She knew the basic principles and had it down and knew how to go. I didn't have a clue. I really didn't. I didn't have a clue. And we'll get into that. But uh, Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I was born in a, uh, on a farm in southern Martin County. And uh, we'd been there right about 100 years, uh, my family had. So the finances... Uh, I was raised in a denominational church where, um, and my family had taught you to sweat of your brow. That's how you gained it. You worked all the time. And there's nothing wrong with working. There's absolutely nothing wrong with working, right? The Lord says we need to work, right? But we also need to believe. We need to have faith. Because what happens if you try to do it by the sweat of your brow, it's not going to work. No man can prosper and prosper fully by doing it by the sweat of the brow. And I want to take you to where, when I got born again, and me and Jess got married, we, she moved down to the country, which was a, a miracle in itself. Yeah. Uh, luckily I had paved roads, because any further down the road and it goes to gravel, she wasn't going. I think she said if it's over two miles off the highway, she isn't, and it was like 1.8 something on the highway. <laughs> But uh, I lived in an old farmhouse. It was my uh, grandparents' farmhouse. Uh, it was an old church that had been torn down, an old log cabin church, and built 
and then it had been scabbed onto through the years, right? And it was old, and it had problems. Um, I'd moved away. I'd worked in the coal fields uh, after I got out of the Marine Corps, so I worked in the coal fields down here and, and uh, around southern Indiana, Linville area, Petersburg area, and stuff like that, you know. So, But when my grandfather went to be with the Lord, and then uh, eventually my grandmother needed to be, uh, we had to put her into a, a, a nursing facility, you know, and they wanted somebody to come back and take care of the farm. So I said, you know, they asked my sister. She said no. She didn't want anything to do with it. And I said, yeah, I'll come back. So um, you have to remember, when I was born, the, my first memories, and this is all leading up to something, my first memories is walking with my great-grandpa in a bean field or the finch row, yeah. right? He was seasoned enough that he wasn't working anymore, and I was too young to work. So me and him was best friends, right? <laughs> and then my grandpa and uncle farmed, and I can remember sitting in the grain truck with my great-grandpa, and we'd just sit there and wait for him to load. And, and so the land was tied to me inherently in my system. That was all I knew. When my great-grandfather went to be with the Lord, I moved right in with my grandfather, and I was with him all the time on that land. You know, I knew every stitch of that land. Um, that's all I did. That was where my wife always tells me, you're probably the only guy I know that could go off into the mountain somewhere in a cabin and take your guns, and you'd be perfectly happy. Yeah. Well, at one time, she's right. I could have, because that is where I found my peace, I thought. Okay, I didn't know yet what peace really was. I didn't know. So that was inherently ingrained in me into my blood. And, and when, when we got married, and it was a financial struggle. It was absolutely a financial struggle. See, she had faith, and it was building all the time. But once we became married, we became one, right? I can't ride her faith, right? I have to have my own, right? And then we have to have ours together. And what I was finding out was I wasn't. I didn't know how. I was learning. I was learning through Pastor Mark. I was learning through Pastor Debbie because I, that's who I cut my teeth on. When I got born again and, and we met them, I was telling, I was honored to be down here because Pastor Mark kind of like we got a little bit of kindred spirits. We eat the same. We kind of think the same a lot, you know. And Yeah, and, you know, we got great heads of hair. That's the biggest thing is the hair, right? For all you bald fellas out there, right? But I had not learned to put my faith on it. So I had cattle. It was hobby farming is what I was doing. I was still working in an underground mine, same place I work right now. I, I was blessed by changing jobs. Went from underground coal back to underground rock mine where I've been before, so it's close to home. And, uh, but I had not built my faith because I didn't know. And I knew God needed to do something. Um, we had this land that we could sell. Uh, the house was falling apart, literally falling apart. I walked through the kitchen. Well, my son walked through the kitchen, my oldest one, and started yelling at me one day. And I went in there, and he was half in the floor and half out. He had <laughs> fell through the floor, you know. And uh, the wife always laughed because the only critters, thank God, the only critters we had in the house was just him at the time, but um, he needed to show me something, and I would not be still, because my natural mind and what had been ingrained in me since I was a child would not let go. I just would not let go, and it was causing a lot of problems. We literally had to, she was cutting my hair, that's what happened. That's what happened. I was cutting my son's hair. It was a week-to-week -week faith to get by. Week-to-week. -week. You know, you're in a farm for 100 years. There's a lot of stuff in old barns, right? I mean, it got down to that, where I would look and be like, you know, there's something you can sell. And there's something you can sell. And that's, that's what we did. So it was a faith-to-faith. Every week we had to build our faith for just the minimal, 
the minimal stuff. So as time went on, I finally quieted my mind. And Jess had always told me, you're going to have to listen. Listen, listen, listen. But she can't do it for me, right? Nobody can do it for you. You have to do it yourself. And I was in the mine one afternoon. At the time, I was drilling. We used explosives. And um, I was just sitting there because you have time in between from one hole to the next. And it was a verbal voice, as loud as it could be. It said, God said, sell it all. He didn't say some. He said, sell it all. I was devastated. (laughs) I was devastated, naturally. But here's the thing. He knew what he had to get me out of. Because I could never be free to use my faith as long as I was attached to something. You know, my son, when we go to the swimming pool, when he first started to dive in the pool, he's on that edge, right? And he's at thought of just, I can't jump in. Who's going to catch me? You know? And I always tell him, son, you're fine. You're going to float. You're going to float. I was the same way. I was hanging on the edge with that land, and I just would not let go. Now, what we started to do was sell. I had been in the process of buying back this whole farm. So I had had most of it, and it was split between me and my aunt and my uncle, and then actually my uncle's kids, my grandpa's brother. So they kind of split it in half. You guys take this, you take this. And I had most of it all back. I had just a little bit left that would have been on my family's side. So we started with that. And I had been talking to a farmer about selling some of it for a little bit, and he had been asking to buy it. He had been asking to buy it. So once I listened to God, I decided I'm going to call this gentleman. So my wife is out mowing the yard, which very, very seldom happens because she doesn't mow straight lines. I'm the kind of guy I like to have, you know, my lines. No, she does circles and loops and figure eights, and, and she does it on purpose to, to, to aggravate me. <laughs> so I called the farmer, and, and the guy that wanted to buy it all of a sudden can't buy it. So at first I'm kind of a little bit devastated again, right? And I'm like, God, you told us. You told me to sell it all. You told me to sell it all. So I come outside and track down Jess, and she's mowing, and I stop her, and I said, Jess, he he doesn't want to buy it. He doesn't want to buy the ground. Just as calm as could be, she shuts off the lawnmower and says, somebody will buy it. Her faith was there, right? I'm still building mine. My cousin's standing about 150 feet away in the pasture looking at his cows. He comes over walking to us. This is all the same day. This is all within 20 minutes. And he said, hey, what are you guys doing? Which very seldom happens. Uh, you know, we work cows together and stuff like that. But when you're that close, just because you see him in the field, that don't mean you talk to him all the time, right? So he comes over and starts talking to us and says, uh, I know a guy that might like to buy your land. I said, okay. So he gives me the number. This is the evening time. Getting close to dark. This gentleman's St. Louis, Missouri is where he's from. So I go in the phone, call him. Now, at this time, I'm just selling mine. And he says, uh, okay, we have some people we know, mutual people that we know. Uh, He says, I'll buy it. In 20 minutes, literally 20 minutes, I sold every piece of ground that I had for the price that we asked, which is above and beyond what everybody had told us we should ask for it. And it was sold within 20 minutes. And right then it hit me. Now you know what God can do. Now I can start letting go. And I did. You know, it talks about in Isaiah. It talks about my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. Right? I thought the only way I could get there was through the natural. That's the only way I thought I could get there. Until finally, God showed up. He stepped in and took care of all of this for us. Now, this sale, which went off without a hitch, went smoothly, gave us enough that we could go and buy the new house and put down an exorbitant amount for for our down payment. So the budget that we were on prior to building, prior to buying that house was the same budget we could stay with. 
and still have money. Because if you remember, she spoke this was before she got her job, right? This was before she got her increases. But we got to move to a new house, newer for us. And I remember I was so excited. I'd never lived in a two-story house in my life, right? We always just had a, a single ranch, right? And she just reminded me this the other day. She can remember me walking up because we had a, it was a, it was a tri-level. Everybody's been around a tri-level house where you got a, a partial basement and then you got a main level and then you got an upper level. And I had eight sets of steps, four on one side and four on the other. And I thought that was the biggest thing in the world, you know, because I could go upstairs. You know, I'd never had that in my life. We lived in a real small house prior to my mother and father building on. Our laundry room was our, it was where we ate. It was where we done our laundry. It was where we watched TV. It was where everybody was at, <laughs> you know. And it was about half the size of this area up here, right? So I was used to small. And for me to go up just to that trial level was just such a blessing to me. It just showed me what God could do. And my son was the same way. I can remember my son would run up and down the steps because he'd never been in that either. He'd never been in anything like that. And he would run up and down the steps and was just so happy. You know, we just told him, you know, we would not have this had it not been for God. Amen. Right? Had it not been for his blessing to us. But he had to work that in me. He had to work, in my mind, that miracle. Because to me, it, was, it may be small, but it was a miracle to me. But it let me let go. It let me jump off the edge. You know, when we got prophesied over by Pastor Mark in, in, in Bedford, we were in Bedford when this happened, and he said that we would be financial distributors of the gospel. I can't be a financial distributor of the gospel if I'm hanging on to stuff that God doesn't want me to hang on to. And I think that's a word for anybody out here. If you're hanging on to something that you know you need to let go, let go. God will keep you above water. He will bless you in so many ways. And I have been blessed in so many ways since I did that. Um, now, eventually what we did do was we sold the whole farm. Uh, we sold everything. It took a little time, but it was in God's time. And the right buyers were there when we needed them to be. We never wavered. We never budged. And what we did was ask God, are, is, is our price right? Is what we're doing correct? Because, you know, you want to be honest as business people, right? You want to be honest and you want to be fair. Well, God will tell you if you're honest and fair. The Holy Ghost will speak to you and say, you stay right there. Or no, I don't think you need to take that price. And he did that several times. But God showed me that I could let go in and I could jump in. And that was a lot for me. Like I said, that was born into me. That farm, we'd been there over 100 years. And, you know, you got to remember, I still have family living that, you know, we got a lot of some pushback, you know. But everything turned out fine. The Lord worked it out. Yeah. Just like Pastor Mark said, with no sorrow. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of family, extended family and friends that had farms that split. And they don't even talk anymore. They don't even communicate. Thank God that doesn't have happened to us. It, it's, it, it has been light and easy. And God has made it light and easy. You know, ever since then, in Bedford, when we got that word, me and Jess immediately started talking. And when she talks about projects, it's true. Um, for Jess and me, it's been a whirlwind of using our faith ever since then. We've had to step out, right? We remodeled the first house. Uh, we immediately started looking for a house, a new house, the day we moved into the house that we were at. Right. That's what we started looking for. We knew we weren't there yet. We had what in our minds what we wanted. And you know, God will give you the desires of your heart in His time, right? We had the desire for bigger. At the time, we, I'm loud. She's not quiet. Right? My boy's loud. And now the other boy, we're all loud people. So we thought, you know, if we got four people in the house, we need four levels. <laughs> One per level. But we started working our way in our faith. Started working. When we remodeled the first time, we had some things that tested our faith. We had to live on deck floors for approximately six months 
because of the contractor. Uh, and it wasn't a terrible thing. It was just, uh, you know, sometimes contractors work well, sometimes they don't, right? But we kept using our faith, and God provided us a new contractor, and it worked perfectly. But it was in his time. We were not ready for that next step yet, right? And it worked out perfectly because it was his time. So once we remodeled that house, well, when are we going to start looking? Because we had continuously been looking. And we had looked up to, what, 50? 50 houses. We couldn't find it. It didn't exist. Couldn't agree. For some reason. No, we couldn't agree. And, you know, that's part of working things out, though. That, that is part of working stuff out. You know, if we were the same, why would we be married? Yeah. Right? I mean, I wouldn't marry myself. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> I wouldn't marry somebody like me. Thank God she's a, she's a saint, my wife. But we started looking, and the finances were, were increasing uh, through my job, through her job. Um, and we decided we pulled up to a house one day. We seen it on Facebook. And we had been in that area before. And, oh, it's not going to work. We don't. I liked it. She didn't, you know. And uh, it come up, and she said, well, let's just go look at that house. Let's go look at it. It's the house, not the street. Yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, the different house on that same street was what we really, really wanted. Uh, but we went and looked at this house. We got inside. This was a Sunday evening. Uh, we took the little one over to Pastor Debbie's, and we went over and looked at it. And we walked outside and got in a car and said, uh, she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I said, we're buying this house, ain't we? She said, yeah, we're buying this house. <laughs> so we went home and put our house up for sale. <coughs> Eight days. Eight days. We got our asking price, exactly what we wanted, uh, which was enough to bless us, bless our church, right? Because that's where we're blessing first, right? All this is because of God. This has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with Jess. This has to do with us using our faith and God working like he needs to work, like he wants to work, and us letting him work. Eight days we sold that house. We blessed the church first. No matter what, that's what was coming first. We blessed the church, and then we bought our house. Eight days it sold in a market at the time where you couldn't sell a house. It was really a struggle for some people. But thank God we had the favor of God. Yes. We had the favor of God. We'd used our faith, right? And mine's stepping up all the time. And one thing I want to say, after... After we sold everything, that was enough for me to completely jump off. There is no project that ever comes up that I have any doubts about at all. None. Now, we pray about it, and I'm not saying sometimes like, what happened? <laughs> right? I've missed it. I'm not going to lie. I've missed it. And then I repent, and I keep on going. Right? I repent and I keep on going. And me and Jess have been, we've been blessed in so many ways with our finances and not just finances. We've, we've been blessed with our health. We've been blessed with our family. Um, you know, just the family I'm involved with. I, I am so grateful uh, from what I come from to where I'm at now. You know, and I give all the glory to God. And that's what me and her will continue to do. Whether we are called to pastor someday, we don't know right now. But what we are called to do is fund the gospel. And then we know that's what we're going to do. And that is everything we base our finances on is how can we fund the gospel? How can we fund the gospel? Because we know, like we talked earlier, you take care of the house of God, he'll take care of you. He will absolutely take care of you. We always, and I'll, I'll, I'll close, we always increase in our giving. I have worked in this job for, I'm going back on 10 years. I've been back 
Uh, I worked there prior five years. And there's been times where I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, anybody that's ever been a miner in their life, uh, not saying all places, but miners are pretty rough group people. All right. So uh, I really have to be, uh, you know, on my, on my faith game to stay. Right. But he has always provided for me every time in promotions. And it's a great thing because now me and her can both say that the six figures went twice for me and her. You know, and as long as we continue to give glory to God and he's providing us like he does and he will, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to fund the gospel. We love giving to the church. We love giving, giving everything that we can because it's all the glory of God. It is all for the glory of God. I could have never done any of this by myself. Lord knows I couldn't have done any of this by myself. Uh, you know, I talked about just a funny note on Psalm 46.10. Jess always says the Amplified reads, Be still and know that I am God, and Jess is always right. Now, I'm not sure if that's what it says, but that's what she tells me. That's the new Amplified. I kid you, that is not what it says. But we tease because, you know, I've had to learn a lot, and listening to my wife is one of those things, right? She's walked in faith longer than I have. I would be silly not to listen. I'd be silly not to listen to Pastor Debbie Davis. I'd be silly not to listen to Pastor Mark. Right? You get the Word of God through people that have experienced it, right? I remember Pastor Mark talking one time on one of his old CDs about he, he was believing for money. So I'm going to believe for a Coke. You preach this in a message. 50 cents or 25 cents. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I was doing at first, right? I was just believing for a Coke. But thank God now, because of what, what God has done for us, I can believe for so much more. Yes. Amen. And we just want to glorify God through all this. We want to glorify God. Uh, he has been so good to us. And He can be so good to you. You know, sometimes you may have to let go, which is what I had to do. You know, me and Jess have always said, we love Florida. We love, you know, some place where it's not hot, some place, you know. Well, I can't attach myself to something when God may call me to go someplace. Because when He calls, we want to be obedient. Right? And when we're obedient, that's when we get our provision. And it'll be light, and it'll be easy, and it'll be all taken care of. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to pray. Father... We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for all your provisions for us. We thank you that you died on the cross for us so that we can have everything from health to finances to all the glory. And all the glory goes to you. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.